Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. Tonight's a hangout. I'm just hanging out, chilling. But Jimmy ain't here. Jimmy's working. And so uh, today, you know, we got somebody that you know. Some people, some people really like this guy. Uh, there are some people who uh, who kind of kind of hate him. Uh, in fact, uh, he had to actually address the hate recently. He was getting so much hate that uh, he had to finally say, like, all right, let's just talk about all of the, <laughs> the mean things people are saying. <laughs> Uh, all of it is undeserved, in my opinion. Um, I love this guy. You guys probably know him. Uh, it's uh, the Olive, Dean Lentini. Oh, uh, there you go. I don't know, Joe. I might rename the show now. <laughs> I got too many, uh, too many people sending me all kinds of pictures of olives. Uh, man, I kind of love it. I can't. I'm going to sneak up there in the spring and plant an olive tree in your yard. <laughs> You're not going to be like, what I would is love this? it. Oh man, I would love awesome. it. You're going to start Making getting business. olive oil shipped to your house. It's going to be a whole thing. Side hustle. That's, I don't know. that's what I think of. Well, you got to make, if you can make money out of it, I don't know. Right? How, how do you make money out of, out of olive oil? You'd have to produce it. S- someone has to. I okay. don't know. Like, I, I don't know. What is money? Is that what we're here to talk about? Uh, yeah. I don't think either one of us have enough experience with money to really talk a lot about it. But uh, I can tell you how to spend what you do have. I'm, I'm the spender. My wife's the saver. What about you? In your family, are you the spender or is your wife the spender? Oh, man. I just gave it all to her. Like she just takes care of all of it. Well, ever, my YouTube would look so much better <laughs> if I was yep. in charge of the money. <laughs> that's right. You'd be uh, you'd be late in the car payment uh, or whatever. That's right. But uh, but yeah, that's what I always say. Like, use a car. I live in a small city. It's fine. Yeah. Just, well, besides, half the time you can't even use your car. You only snowshoes, right? Is that what you? Be, that's how you get around. It was negative twenty the other day, Joe. <laughs> like every, like I had to put plastic up on the windows, yeah. and, and it's just like every time it's just like. Why God? But does it make? Why did you send me here? When it gets that cold, does it make your igloo harder? Is it? Is it like? Does it fortify it? I mean, yeah, it reinforces it, so that's good. You know, we need it to have that every once in a while. But you know, it's just sometimes just like let it melt a little bit more. I just want to enjoy life. We don't even get to like because we'll get twenty below, thirty below, uh, but not till like January, February, and it's 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 maybe it gets really cold for about a month. We have a long winter, but it's not, you know, sometimes they're mild, sometimes they're hard. I mean, they're always hard compared to, you know, Texas or Mississippi or something, but it ain't like what you guys have. that's why you are the way you are. Do you know the show Lilyhammer? Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. So Lilyhammer, I've only seen a few episodes, but Lilyhammer is about this this mob guy. And he's, it's played by the guy who was in the Sopranos. He's also like a guitarist in the E, E Street Band. Uh, with okay, what's his face? Um, I should know because I'm Italian, but I don't. What's the no? What's the guy? What, who's the actor? Blank, blank. He, born in the USA. Who's that? Guy? Bruce Springsteen. All right. Oh. So he is a famous musician. He's in uh, Bruce Springsteen's band, and he was in The Sopranos. And he's his hair piece is real thick. Anyways, he plays a mobster in Lilyhammer, and in okay. Lilyhammer, no no connection to The Sopranos, but. I'm not advocating y'all go out and watch The Sopranos. I'm just saying. You heard it. That's you said it. From. Okay, probably did. It's good. And it's then, good and godly. Uh, so this Joe guy, he goes into the witness protection program and he says, I want to go to, I forget, but it's like, it's like Norway. It's way up there. And he goes in there and yeah. he has to learn how to speak the language and live with these people. And he's still trying to operate kind of like a, like a, like a mobster. Uh, it's pretty interesting. But yeah, there's this whole scene early on in one of the episodes where he has to navigate with uh, snowshoes. 
Um, yeah, it just makes me, you know, anytime I see anything like that, I just we think, do it all the time. Dean. It's not that hard. Yeah. Uh, it seems like a workout, a workout I don't want to do. <laughs> I've never worn them, so just to be clear. So, okay, so <laughs> if you guys don't know Dean, who I'm, who I'm talking to, uh, Dean is uh, an American who is now an expat. Is that what we would say? Is that how, is that? I mean, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Okay. I don't know. Every once in a while, I get accused of being Canadian and I just take it. I was just like, oh. I saw your wife. I must I must be really nice then. <laughs> I, I, I saw your wife say, correct somebody like, listen, Dean is American. He lives here now, but he's only lived here for a few years. Like we live here, but like he's from America. He grew up in America. What's wrong with you people? I like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's the people who want to do all the politics and they're talking yeah. about politics. And anytime I chirp in, it's just like, oh, he's Canadian. He doesn't know anything. It's like, bro, I just got up here. Like, I, I know. I, I grew up in the States, okay? I know who Bruce Springsteen is. Yeah, see? That's that's it. That's good evidence. I thought you would say something like, I can't hear you over the over the sound of all my free health care. What did no. you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just saying, it's really nice. Yeah, you, you hear horror stories. Yeah. You know, you I, would like I just got to take my kids in whenever there's like, you know, a cold. All, all Marxists great. love socialism and stuff like that, you know? It's like it's all. Here we go with the name calling. Here um, we go again. I'll write another post. So speaking of name calling, um, Dean is a is a is a YouTuber live streamer. Um, I don't really it. I don't really like those. I mean, a live streamer I think is fine. Because um, when I think of you know YouTuber, I'm like whoa, you know, I'm thinking of like wacky stuff. Uh, hey guys, uh, <laughs> Dean just brings his his pastoral ministry onto YouTube, um, and he talks. And uh, he explores issues and current events, biblical, theological, some cultural. cultural. But you're you're largely interacting with um, uh, with the evangelical church and how it's operating, how it's where where yeah. it's misfiring sometimes. And you've gotten into a little bit of uh, of you, you've gotten a lot of flack recently. Can you just explain like what? what happened and you know as brief as possible but like take some time to, uh, to explain it like you're 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 going to sure. youtube and you're talking and you're talking about things that everybody's talking about why did you wind yeah. up getting so much hate and what kind of hate did you get oh man uh well anyone who goes on to any internet platform you know that as soon as you say something that goes against someone else's guy you know someone's mm. person you know maybe for people listening to the show maybe it's jimmy if you were to talk about i, I don't think it would be joe but if it was Jimmy, <laughs> they would get really upset. Uh, that's that's basically what happened. You know, I go onto YouTube and I try to talk about theological things at a very, like I, I call it like a really low bar, you know, just like really entry level, trying to talk about what people are interested in and what people are practically dealing with, not just like the really heady stuff. People can do that probably a lot better than me. And so they can, you know, have their own channels where they do that. But I kind of talk at like the every man's theological level. And so a lot of people have been wrestling with, you know, some of this like celebrity pastor culture uh, where we have a lot of these guys who go onto platforms and, you know, conferences, videos, podcasts, you know, all those things that Joe and Jimmy do, you know. Kind of like, kind of like that, and uh, you know, sometimes they don't say everything correctly, and you know, Lord forbid that anyone should notice when they're wrong about something. But that's kind of what I do. I kind of just go like, "Hey, let's talk about what this person said. 
what what was done over here, this story, that story. And so uh, some of those stories. Let's be a little specific about it, right? Because like you've called out, and it's fair to say that you've you've called out these leaders. Um, Sure. And sometimes you're really pointing something out. Uh, You're saying, hey, did you you see? One time it was, hey, listen, here was a – an exchange between Piper and MacArthur, and it's it's pretty interesting, and it was extremely interesting. It was, um, and I think there's a lot of takeaways from that. And I know you you had a good time talking about it. So sometimes you're just kind of pointing things out. Other times you're saying like, "Hey, this guy is teaching heresy," and you're all giving him a pass. Can you just talk a little bit about the the people that you have addressed, and why are they all expositors who love Jesus and um, you know prize theology? Why are you going after them instead of say? Bethel or any other like well-known unorthodox uh, sort of person. Sure. Well, like I think it's totally fair to go after, you know, Bethel and Hillsong and, and I do sometimes, but you know, that's not my camp. Like I, I'm, I don't come from the charismatic world. I am a reformed Baptist. So, you know, I'm talking about people that I care about. Like these aren't just like, you know, pastors and writers that, like I'm totally disassociated from these. These are people that I've listened to, people that I've watched, people that I've cared for and prayed for. And uh, sometimes, you know, they go and they say something or a story comes out. So like the two that really spring to mind as far as like all the controversy is really John MacArthur and uh, everything that happened with the Eileen Gray situation and a few other instances. Like, yeah, it's fun to talk about, you know, John Piper and John MacArthur getting into it a little bit, or at least I think getting into it a little bit and having this back and forth. But, you know, there are substantial stories about abuse and possible cover-ups, different accusations. And so I talk about those things. And, you know, a lot of people really love John MacArthur. I mean, yeah. Justin Peters said it, right? He's the most influential Christian uh, since, Stop. I guess, the apostles. Oh, my goodness. No? Oh, he was goodness. right, wasn't he? No. Oh, goodness. Oh. Okay, so let's just hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> so uh, Justin Peters is a is a preacher. Um, yes. In case people don't know, uh, he's he's a part of G three. He's he's in that crowd. Um, so a Calvinistic guy. And, yeah. In um, our camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The broader Calvinistic camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very broad. Um, and uh, you know he he made the kind of statement that a lot of people make, you know, like this is this is my favorite person, this is my hero, or this is the person that I think has been used by God uh, to tremendous effect. And I think we would all say that about a lot of people in general. But uh, but he what did he say? Because he he, did, he went. He said he said it was like the the size when you consider the size and scope of John MacArthur's ministry. Yeah. It is uh, basically like the the greatest. Uh, ministry that has existed since the apostolic age. And it was even more specific than greatest. It, he was, he was pretty specific in his words, which like it's, it's, it's patently untrue and it's, it's demonstrably yeah. untrue. Yeah. Luther alone crushes him based on his influence. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the word influential. Yes. Uh, yeah. The most, uh, like I think That's, greatest was in there, but yeah. Yeah. Greatest. Too. Yeah, but yeah. Like, that, like no way. And I, I so listen, cool. Like 
I've been blessed by MacArthur. You've been blessed by MacArthur. Absolutely. I've been annoyed by MacArthur. You've been annoyed by MacArthur. Um, so it like it happens. Okay. Uh, that was just that was yeah. just so. <laughs> that was that was that was pretty strange. You also went after um, uh, Dougie. Who who Doug? Who's, oh oh Doug Logan. Oh, no. you mean the Moscow man? Yes. I, yeah. I, I mean, Wilson. yeah. I went after the Moscow man. Now, is that the most and, heat you got? Uh, actually, what? I would probably say the the John MacArthur fanboys. Oh, okay. Uh, like they they really come after me hard. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like people are upset. Uh, you know, John, we talked about it on that in case you missed it episode. That's right. Uh, with John Moffat making that video from. He's he's from Theocast, that mm-hmm. podcast, and he made a video about Doug Wilson and his views on justification. And uh, I, you know, did a video of similar lower lower tier, not diving into everything. And yeah, you know, like I'll, I'll say it here. This isn't Joe saying it. This is me saying it. Like I think he's a heretic, and I said it. And uh, you know, that's a big word, and so a lot of people are like, you can't just throw around that word. To which I say, I. Don't just throw around that word. Yeah, how many I mean people it. do you actually <laughs> so, call a heretic, right? Like it's yeah. not because <laughs> you know, you're dealing with it. You're, you you were specifically talking about his understanding of justification by faith alone. Yeah, or yeah. in his case, justification. Um, in his doctrine of justification, <laughs> his understanding of it, and like yeah. that corruption of it, uh, it can can certainly be considered heretical. Uh, if if you're wrong, it's just right up on the line. <laughs> Right. If if you're wrong, uh, because it's certainly uh, he's I mean, he's there's there's been a lot of equivocation and, you know, a lot of talking around things. Uh, he likes he likes to use words. Um, but I, I guess I wanted to bring that stuff up because you said something that, that I've said before a lot. And we, we've said it a lot here because we get sometimes people like, why are you always punching right versus left? Right. You know, why are you always sure. attacking your own? Yeah. And it's like, well, first of all, not a, we're not attacking anybody. Second of all, it's because these are our people. I'm mm-hmm. not going to pick a fight with charismatics, right? Uh, but if one of the people that you know uses language and titles uh, that that are a part of the group that I'm a part of, and they're they're acting a fool, then I want I feel like I need to say something, right? If if yeah. if I'm if I'm being a fool, I, I want somebody. Well, at, in the moment, I probably won't want them to, but I need somebody sure. to call me out. And the most effective people to do that are people in my own group. Outsiders like generally don't want to listen. I mean, don't, you don't want to generally listen to to outsiders coming at you, even if they're even if they're right. It's just it's just a bit harder. But yeah, we just have a we have a vested interest. And so I I wanted to talk to you. Uh, and we're, we're just going to hang out anyways. But I thought like, why don't we record this and talk about the different forms of drift, right? Because you know people okay. always talk about drift, uh, liberal drift, you know, uh, which is a thing. Right. That's that's not uh, that's that that's that's not a, a red herring. Right. Like people drift yeah. to liberal theology. It, it, it happens. Right. You see people, you see churches go in that direction um, and they talk about drift. They talk about downgrade. Everybody likes to talk about downgrade. Calvinists like to talk about downgrade because of the downgrade controversy in Spurgeon's life. Right. That was a oh. very big deal. Uh, there were, you know, People were denying uh, inerrancy and infallibility of Scripture. Uh, they were they were denying hell, uh, the, the eternality of hell, and things like that. So um, promoting universalism. So you know Spurgeon was addressing specific theological downgrades that were happening among his people. Right, these were the things that were happening among among Baptists. So again, 
why are you why are you talking why are you punching right like i'm not we're not punching but we are addressing to people we're addressing people that, that are close to us right um yeah. but there's also a downgrade in other directions right so if there is if there is a liberal corruption maybe this isn't the best way to say it but i've been thinking there's also a conservative corruption the pharisees weren't liberal right yeah the pharisees yeah, were conservative they were conservative so you can have a conservative drift as well and the reason i think that this is important for me to think through uh and i, th I think for everybody else is because we are so conditioned to think conservative good liberal bad in every sphere that when you start to talk about, well, there's a, you know, that's, that's a that's conservative drift, uh, a conservative downgrade. People are like, well, how can you, how is that possible? How could you have a, a conservative downgrade? And so let's be really clear. Like, when we talk about theological conservatism, uh, like conservatism in general, at a principal level, we're talking about conserving, maintaining uh, what we have. We don't want to lose orthodoxy, right? We want to conserve our, our, yeah. our theology, our history, our, our tradition, all that stuff. Um, liberalism tends to let go and become progressive. So conservative theology, meaning orthodoxy, you, you, you need to stay put. You, you don't want to drift yeah. from that. You, you want if, if you have drifted, you want to drift back to it, right? Or run back to it. But there, there are forms of conservatism in my mind that definitely remind me of some of the abuses that we see in Jesus' day. And this, I, here, here, I'll just be, I'll get to the point. Um, there are, there is a downgrade today where people, I think, are conflating the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man, where mm -hmm. the, they are expanding the mission of the church uh, to be not just to make disciples, but to reign in culture, if not to rule over it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that, that there is a, an, an exaltation of, of, of politics, and not that we shouldn't be politically engaged, but an exaltation of politics in the ministry mind and practice of some of our leaders that is at best distracting from their primary calling. So those are some of the things that I'm seeing. And I'm wondering, you know, do you see co conservative corruption in, in ways that you see liberal corruption impacting the church? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, like, you you know, because you know my channel, but anyone who, who would come to my channel is basically what my channel is all about. Uh, because, again, like, it's really easy to point out the errors in the world. And I, I would consider, you know, liberals to, like, who are on the far left theologically, like, they're they're part of the world. And, and so, like, it's really easy to look at those guys and say, here's where they're wrong on this, this, and this. And it's a lot harder to look in the mirror. And I think, like, when we're talking about things that are going on amongst conservatives, like, Joe, you're, you're a conservative, I'm a conservative, yeah. so we're talking about ourselves. And, um, you know, it's really hard to look in the mirror and say, like, here's where I'm wrong. Uh, but, you know, talking about the world, it's really easy to point out their faults. And, and so when we do that, when we're trying to just like look at them and see what they're all doing wrong, like it, it's, it's just too easy. And sometimes we can get lost in that easiness of just, it, it's here on, well, not here, but on YouTube where I live, 
you know, like that's you got channels all over the place who are just looking at, oh, culture is wrong here, here and here. And then they don't want to say anything about what's happening in their own camp. Right. And I think part of that is like there's a comfort that comes uh, with just being able to be. Yeah, like we've got we've got our own issues, but we don't talk about those. It's more comfortable for us to look at those obvious things that are going on in the world and just focus on those. So we can kind of get a little lost in it. And I think probably like the biggest part of it, at least for me, would be pride. Like we we can get bloated in saying like we are just so good and we, we got our theology right. Uh, and you know, maybe, maybe sometimes we need to actually look at that. Mm. And so that's, that's kind of what I try to do on my channel. And I know you get, you and Jimmy do it, uh, every once in a while on some of these more laid back episodes, uh, where you're just kind of looking at it and saying like, Hey, you know, maybe we can improve here. Maybe there's something we need to change here. Um, but yeah, it, it requires work and like just realization that, you know, we could be wrong on something. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that a lot of people are just like kind of a, afraid to admit when their camp could be wrong, even conservative. So like we could drift, man. Uh, you know, I come from the fundy world. And so like I was raised independent fundamental Baptist. And so like I've seen it <laughs> like I've I've lived that life where you go a little bit further right because you look at the world and say, I don't want to be that. And uh, so sometimes that's sincere that you just, you don't want to even get close to the line. So you start drifting further and further right. Uh, and it could be on something practical, be on something theological, uh, but you're, you're sincerely trying to avoid a problem. You know, um, the verse that's often said is, you know, flee from even the appearance of evil. Right. Right. Uh, so sometimes we do that out of sincerity, but you know, sometimes we, we just do it out of pride and thinking like we just get kind of locked in a little bit more to our camp. Uh, and sometimes that's even age. I've seen this quite a bit, you know, not to be ageist, <laughs> but I've seen this quite a bit with people who get older in ministry. They just get right. more and more hardcore. And I think that's just something that happens to us naturally if we're not going to be, you know, having those relationships outside of our camp to be able to, you know, at least understand where people are coming from, be able mm -hmm. to have that dialogue. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's so many ways that you can drift right. I think um, I was I was going to say that I, I think you're um, you're right that uh, m much of the time when as we age, there is there, there can be and there frequently is a, a shifting. And sometimes we get harder, and I think sometimes though we get softer, and yeah, okay. and and that and so sometimes you need to get a little um, tougher, and some people need to get a little softer. But what I see happening is, you know, in the bad examples, is people getting way too tough and disagreeable and cranky, and then other people just getting way too soft and mushy, and all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, you know, hell is a pretty terrifying doctrine. Maybe we could just ease up on that a little bit. You know, it's like, so I do see that. And I think when we're talking about like the drift in Orthodox or conservative circles, um, like I'm not concerned about most of the guys that I roll with and, and guys that I, or guys that I appreciate and read, I'm not concerned about them going liberal. Uh, mm -hmm. But I know that there is a greater likelihood uh, of them becoming 
there is a greater likelihood of me to become a legalist than there is for me to become yeah. a liberal, right? I think, uh, and I and I've and I've certainly erred that way in the past. Um, you know, legalism is just as deadly as liberalism, uh, but it's almost like we're going to give it a pass because they are still emphasizing the the essential doctrines. And I'm talking about a soft legalism, not a, not not sure. a, a Wilsonian. Uh, you're justified by your faithfulness, kind of a thing, but more. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, legalism meaning that well, God is pleased with you or, or is glorified when you keep these extra biblical rules, uh, that kind of soft legalism. That's very dangerous. Uh, it can really harm people's faith. So I think that is an issue. But I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really struck with the, the way so many of the Calvinistic types have become like culture warriors and in a new way where... And I used to say, I used to say, and I don't know if it was right, but I used to say, I'm a conscientious objector uh, in the culture war. Yeah. Um, and, uh, be, and and what I, my, my point was is like, listen, what I what I really want to do is uh, I, I want to preach the gospel and make disciples, and so I engage, uh, receive, and resist uh, the culture whenever appropriate, however I, I I need to do that. But my main thing is to preach the gospel and make disciples, to preach the whole counsel Amen. of God. My, my, I want my life to be given to that. So that's going to be my thing. But I'm seeing this, this significant uptick in not just an interest in politics, because we should be. How you love your neighbor uh, is going to be reflected in, in politics. Um, so yes, politics matters, government matters. Uh, the scripture speaks to all of that. But there, there seems to be an intensification uh, among some Calvinists that are going in such a in such a way as to as to promote a kind of Christian nationalism. I know when some people say that they mean one thing and another another person means another. I'm talking about like the the genuinely ungodly, deadly versions that I'm reading and and seeing people talk about, listening to them. Um, there are some there are some really bad examples of this, and it, it I I tend to see it like. Uh, reflected in like so this guy wolf wrote a book on christian nationalism that uh i think is an absolute train wreck um but i also be just, honest yeah but i also like here's what here's what's interesting to me i am not freaked out or alarmed really i'm concerned but i'm not alarmed when i see the world going crazy because yeah. the world is going to world it doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I shouldn't be involved. But like, like I, I saw a number of people like sounding alarm bells. The Mormon church is now accepting uh, same-sex marriage or something like that. Like, all right. Well, I don't, I don't really expect much from a cult. So I don't know. Right. I don't, yeah. Like, why, why is this news? I mean, it, it, it's interesting. It's historically significant. But uh, that's not an alarm to me. Uh, that's like, yeah, that's, they've, they've had to change things over the years. Uh, they've had to adjust their doctrines because they were created by man. And so they had to let go of the, some of the racist stuff uh, that was a part of, of their whole system. And so now they're, they're adjusting again. But it's like these guys are, are constantly like ringing alarm bells, like, listen, look, the world is going to hell. Things are getting worse. Things are getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that that's what happens. What's your solution? And it looks like their solution is, well, let's let's try to reclaim the culture. Let, let's try to reform the culture. And here's here's what's interesting to me. Um, again, 
if you as a citizen of, of, of your country want to bring about reformation in your culture, that's, that's totally fine. That, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. Good. End slavery. Awesome. End racism. End abortion. Awesome. These are important things. We should be active. But like the, 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 the call of a church and a minister is primarily, right? The mission is to make disciples. Our mission aren't, isn't these other things. And, it, and here's what I recently said. I was in um, Ferguson preaching uh, to a bunch of pastors and church leaders, a very diverse group, very cool. Um, and I was very clear. I said uh, to a half black, half white audience, I said, the mission of the church is not to end racism. Yeah, it's not to end gun violence. It's not to end uh, you know, sexual trafficking. Uh, it, it, the mission of the church is to make disciples, and it's our mission that actually then empowers us to function in these these helpful ways where we love our neighbors and work for good in the world. So it's, the mission is clearly up front and center, and it empowers us then as, as individuals or churches or whatever to get involved. But it just seems to me, and listen, this isn't true of everybody, but it seems to me that there are some where the, the political sort of fighting, the posture, the way that they go about it is reflecting more of the war between Newsmax and CNN rather than the, the church and the powers and principalities that we're supposed to wage war against. And so I'm, I'm just curious, like it, when you, we, you're in Canada, but you're obviously you're keeping track of, you know, your home, your homeland, yeah. you're, you're watching there. Do you see in your experience? I mean, I've, I've had, I'm older than you, so I've, I've had longer time to observe these things, but it doesn't mean that I'm accurate sure. in my observation. Do you see from your perspective and from your vantage point, uh, an increasing politicization I'm saying that right, uh, in American churches that is more than what it was in the past, or is it just different than what it was in the past? Well, I don't know if I could say that I see more of it. Like, I, I guess so, but in, a, in a probably a different way than you, Joe, because again, like I can't help where I came from. So like growing up in the IFB world, like politics were talked about all the time. Like pastors would hand out, you know, who you should vote for. And I understand that yeah. that happens outside the IFB world, but it's, it's such a huge part. And I view that as an attachment to legalism. You know, it's, it's much easier to like dole out the moralism for everyone else rather than actually focusing on where I sin and how I need to mortify my own sin. Um, so what I'm seeing, what scares me is that I'm seeing the, like the, the, those legalistic, uh, just leanings, I guess, uh, from the IFB world kind of coming out in other circles and, and, and kind of like spreading and, and, you know, up here in Canada, like, yeah, we're, we're not talking about, you know, uh, whether the constitution was inspired or not, but we're still talking about Christian nationalism up here as well. Yeah. Like, and I think that's, that's part of it is, you know, I think uh, I I forget the stat, but it's like a crazy percentage that lives right next to the U S border. So we're Mm. like geographically, obviously we're influenced by the United States, but also just, you know, as a culture, we are impacted. So we're dealing with very similar things, maybe not on such a big scale, 
but absolutely I see it happening more, but I view it as coming from like just the, that legalistic thing mm-hmm. of being able to be like, I can tell you where you're wrong without having to tell or even to admit to myself where I'm wrong. Yeah. And uh, yeah, actually having to deal with my own sanctification. I, I view Christian nationalism as a misunderstanding of sanctification. Like that oh, yeah. you are through the Holy Spirit supposed to mortify your sin. Uh, but it's through the Holy Spirit, not through your own hands. And I think legalism is when you try to kind of snatch uh, sanctification out of the hands of the Holy Spirit. Right. And I, I view that happening on a national scale yeah. with Christian nationalism. It's weird, right? It's weird because, um, you know, the, the, some of these versions of Christian nationalism um, are just repackaged theonomy. Um, sure. And it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, and I, listen, some of our listeners get a little, some of our listeners are upset by the dismissive tone that I have when we talk about theonomy. Um, and so I, I, I can certainly do a better job because I, uh, of how I talk about it, because I know that there are smart, godly people. And one of my, one of my dear friends who recently passed away, a uh, member of our church, godlier than I will ever be. It was a theonomist. Uh, but you know what? Wasn't a jerk. <laughs> he was really nice. He was really cool. Anyway. Um, yeah. But like these, this idea of, of uh, instituting, um, you know, uh, God's old covenant laws, uh, you know, across, you know, multiple countries and places to govern the people where now we begin to consider whether, or, you know, what's the degree to which we punish heretics. Um and so like it's, it's it's so i find it i find it strange because on the one hand like you think about canada what's the likelihood of canada uh, experiencing a complete reversal and becoming a a a, a theocratic christian nationalistic country it's like 0% okay but is it is it is it any better of a chance in america really because i don't buy that for a minute i don't think there is a chance that that kind of a maneuver will happen a because i don't think that god is behind it uh and b because i know people like i know the world i know how they think i hang out with them uh i i that's like the the most the most morally conservative people i know uh in america who that are not christian have no interest in impressing uh philosophy or religion on anybody else uh, they're they're dead set against it. I just it's so weird, and so that's why then I also see an uptick um, in different forms of uh, of views of the millennium, right? So like you know yeah. post millennialism now is because now because we know like that's not going to happen, uh, you know, just by making political maneuvers. But if there is a big enough revival and there is enough uh, conversions, then we'll be able to, re- to redeem the culture, right. And turn it into a genuinely Christian country, which is also problematic for me because if you know your history, this doesn't work out well. It right? doesn't, it doesn't work out well for Christians, right? Yeah. Baptists. No, listen, if you're a real Baptist and you know your history, you know, you know, we were tortured. We were killed by other Christians 
<laughs> because yep. we weren't conforming. Uh, you know, th this is this is nuttiness. I mean, the Westminster's, you know, debated about this, the relationship between the state and the church and the old version, of course, I think had it, and I should say, of course, the old, the, the earliest version that they were putting out there had had it in there. And then the later versions don't, it doesn't, it's not a part of it anymore. Uh, the, the, the idea that we, we would um, penalize people for their faith, to me, is is bizarre because it goes against Baptist distinctives, right? Like as a yeah. Baptist, listen, if you want to take that view and go fine, but you're no longer a Baptist and maybe that you don't care Absolutely. about that. Right. But like Baptists, like we're, we're pretty big on liberty of conscience and freedom of religion. Historically, it's, that's been a part of who we are because that's the context in which we emerged in the 17th century. So I just find it so strange that people want to, want to move in this direction and it, it it just seems academic it seems it seems very privileged it seems very inconsequential because ultimately it's not going to happen but in the process yeah. what you are doing is uh you are you are having a broad audience listen to a very important message and your message is not christ and him crucified your message is Let's take back the culture. By the way, one other thing I'll say. Um, I was always troubled and made fun of my fellow Acts 29 churches uh, when they would see things like, oh, our mission is to redeem the city. And uh, it's like, well, you're not going to. You're not going to redeem the city. First of all, uh, yeah. redemption is God's work. Second of all, even if we're just saying like metaphorically, um, yeah, that it is super, like when has that happened? When has that happened in history? Constantine, that was awesome. <laughs> what a win that was. Um, so what are you going to talk about? The, the, the closest you can get are those huge revivals, the Great Awakening, the Second Great Awakening, things like that. Um, sure. And those are temporal. Those are short-lived. And so and it, so I just, I, the whole thing seems really strange to me, whether it's a soft form of that, like, oh, we're really going to be about redeeming the city versus uh, we want to institute uh, a Christian state. To me, it's it, it's troubling biblically, theologically, and maybe we need to have a real uh, episode, not just you and I chatting about it, but maybe I should bring somebody on who's really smart and have them kind of walk us through that. I get it. I get it, Joe. Dang. I'm just saying, Dean. You, listen, <laughs> you and I put our brains together. We have one brain still. Okay, that's what I'm saying. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I just I just find the whole thing weird. And I guess the the point of all this is, like, I, everybody's concerned about liberalism fine but many people aren't concerned about the corruption of our practices in our orthodox contexts and those should be more troubling to us than what's happening out there we should care about what's happening out there but we should be more concerned about what's happening here because the drift is real and it goes in both yeah. directions and, and it's harder to detect like, right. like, again, it's, it's really easy to look at the world theologically, socially and say, oh, well, that's jacked up. But it's much harder to realize where you've gone wrong. And, and so we're, we're falling into the trap. Yeah, I agree with you in that it, it does seem academic in that, you know, it's ivory tower kind of talk that I, I don't think we'll ever have like that much like it, it won't have legs, I don't think, of being able to actually get, you know, like, will this city like we're talking? I mean, like, just to be, to be honest, like we're talking about Moscow, 
<laughs> Moscow, yeah. Idaho, and saying like, "Will this town turn, you know, turn into like this little like Christian city state kind of deal?" It's called a cult. But like, go ahead. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's Don't like care. I mean, it's it's Moscow, Idaho. Uh, yeah. Sure, like through the internet, influential, uh, but like we're not talking about like you know, oh, New York State is full of Christians. You know, like. We're, yeah. we're talking about these little groups getting together and talking about wouldn't it be great to rule, you know, to, to make the laws for the land. And yeah, again, it's super easy to be like, yeah, I would I would love to dictate what the pagans do. Yeah. Uh, but when I guess know, like what to about be fair, our like, I think it's I think it's I think it's fair to say, hey, listen, we you know, where where the church is strong, where the church is making disciples, um, you know, there, there, there will be a, a, a ripple effect, right, in its immediate vicinity. Yeah. And so if you have a, a, a smaller town and a very vibrant church, um, like I pastored in a town of less than a thousand people, so like 900 people. And uh, so like, but if, if you get a hundred people in your church, that's more than 10% of the population. That's, imagine 10% of the city that you live in are serious Christians. And so they're going to have an influence. <clears throat> so I think that that's fair. And and we shouldn't be against like having that kind of an impact. And like, yes, we want to end abortion, right? Um, not because we want to take away uh, people's rights, uh, but because we want to protect people's rights. We want to protect the right to life, the right of the, the unborn children. Uh, but it's like, so we want to have that influence, but even if everybody got converted, let's say, I mean, every single person was converted and we, we passed uh, laws, it's not going to end lust, murder, adultery, uh, rape, because believe it or not, Christians do those things. Read your yeah. Bible. So it, it doesn't eliminate it. Plus, it's just not the calling. It's just not it's not the calling. Every country can establish its own constitution. They can establish their own laws. We're free to do that. And as citizens of, of whatever country we're in, we should be active. I, I'm for that 100%. I vote. But in terms of the mission, I don't know. I just want greater clarity there because I, I feel like it's yeah. getting it's getting mixed and muddy among some people. And 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 people get excited about it because there is so much corruption in the world and somebody says, but it could be like this. And it's like, Oh, well that sounds good. Uh, yeah. without really knowing history or, or thinking it through, I'm concerned about it. Dean. Yeah. Dean. And like, even beyond that, just of like, okay, well they can get the pagans, right. But what are they going to do with the rest of us? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you were to get the pagans, right. And like, all right, you get righteous law for them. Uh, I doubt they're going to be able to like, who's going to manage the Baptists? Like who's going to do that? Only Jesus. I think, uh, yeah, some of these things are just a little, a little too far out there. So, you know, in the end, what, what I'm, what I'm saying is, and I think, you think you and I are on the same page, Dean? Um, we should love our neighbors. And so we should care about what's going on in our communities and our cities. We should take things like government and politics seriously, but I'm, I'm concerned about the muddying of the waters, the drift in our understanding of mission uh, and this commingling, uh, a denial of the two kingdom uh, model, which I, I, I believe in, but a, a mingling of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of man. Uh, those, those, are, those are my concern, uh, concerns. Uh, Dean, people want to follow you. What is, how do they find you on social media? Is it like at the olive or, or what is it? What is your social media? Okay. 
Uh, it's at Dean Lentini on Twitter. Okay. Uh, and then if you go there, you'll be able to find all the rest of the stuff. But YouTube, Dean Lentini, Instagram, at Grumpy Baptist. And, uh, you know, grumpy since 2017, I think so. I usually say it. I've been grumpy since 1972. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get such a late start? Well, since I got the username. Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Well, uh, listen, guys, I'm really grateful that you, you're hanging out with us. Dean and I had a chance to connect while Jimmy is out. Uh, thank you, Dean, for coming on. If you guys want to hear more from Doctrine and Devotion, we've got two uh, episodes that drop every week on Monday and Thursday. You can visit our website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com, for more information. And if you want to support the podcast. You can support us by becoming a part of All Access. You can scroll down right on your phone where you're listening to this probably, and there will be a link that says support this podcast. You click that, you can join All Access, and then you get more content that's commercial-free, weekly, daily devotionals, as well as another podcast that we do called Banter of Truth. Um, you can also just go to doctrineanddevotion.com slash access and get all the information there. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys have a great week leading into this weekend. Worship the Lord in spirit and truth, and we hope to connect with you all online next week. Thank you.